So coming close to the end of the year, also coming to the kind of middle part of the retreat, the heart of the retreat, you might say. <coughs> and, uh, these are just different ways of thinking about time and, and uh, ex- experience. So I wanted to say something about the quality of faith uh, this morning and the faith, faith in this process, faith in the teachings, and uh, in a sense, especially on a, a, this particular day, sort of faith in tomorrow that uh, comes through in our thinking about our aspirations for the coming year. This, um, although there's no guarantee, we have this sense that there's, um, there's going to be time ahead of us. And this is also an act of faith. Uh, and maybe for many of us, we have a... Interesting relationship to this word, and uh, maybe having grown up with a kind of religious background, which kind of insisted on faith based in beliefs and uh, just uh, taking on the word of others, and, and the, the the appeal in finding the Dharma is just this. Uh, this quality of knowing directly for oneself. But this is also supported by uh, a willingness to, to enter the process and even to take that first step is a very important quality to have some trust, you know, in, in, even if we very inspired by the teachings, having a sense of trust in our capacity that, uh, that we can do this, and uh, some kind of trust in the, the Buddha that wouldn't have uh, offered this teaching if it wasn't something that was possible also for us. To, to walk and practice this path. We live in an age where it very much depends on the kind of scientific belief and the, this kind of uh, assumption that everything in existence can be measured defined and um, kind of put into some kind of a box or broken down even to the smallest molecule that uh, everything that exists is in some way discernible and, uh, and that if, if something can't be measured in this way that it's, um, it's without substance and 
know, doesn't have uh, doesn't have any firm reality in a way, and uh, this kind of thinking that everything can be known through the the rational thinking mind. But uh, you know, every good scientist must also you know, recognize a certain requirement for a suspension of disbelief because uh, if, if there's an assumption that everything is already known then there's nothing new to be discovered. So there, you know, even though there must be a willingness to, to just consider, you know, what, what is yet to be discovered and in our practice there's a, you know, we take this as a willingness to consider that there's a a possible end to suffering, which uh, I, I don't think any of us know yet, um, because that, so that's not yet part of our direct experience. But there's some faith in that possibility, and uh, only by really opening, opening to that the possibility of this uh, this kind of release from suffering, this. Uh, awakened mind are we going to even have any hope of discerning it in it and uh, so there's a the sort of final end to suffering of nibbana but also just in you know, through our daily life just noticing moments of release moments where there's an ending of some difficulty or pain and not just kind of skipping on to the next thing but but actually really opening to that and really really knowing on the level of this kind of sense of the the, the kind of heart mind or what we call the chitta just really the sense of how do we how do we really sense that experience of an ending of some difficulty concern and uh you know, coming in, putting ourselves into a situation like this, just, uh, you know, what a, a great act of faith that is in itself, and a kind of, maybe, before coming here, kind of looking forward to this experience, and kind of sense of, like, after the holidays, how wonderful to have this kind of silent time, this time to just devote to, to quiet practice, and... Uh, just really enter more deeply into the heart of that in a way that often in our daily lives we kind of long for you know, this kind of you know, there's this wish to you know rest into this space and kind of a beautiful sacred space that we're creating here you know and yet the actual experience can be very mixed for many of us uh, and so kind of uh, arrive into the silence and uh, you know what can come to the fore is a, a lot of uh, kind of unprocessed content that doesn't really get much airtime when we're kind of busy with our lives and uh, in a way there's uh, nothing wrong with that you know it's kind of this uh, kind of stuff comes up because it, it wants it wants to find release and it wants it's like a process of healing in a way and it's uh, kind of you know, not not something to feel that we're, you know, in some way going wrong in our practice, but the, the kind of a 
the, the important thing is how we relate to that when it arises. And, and this is where I think faith can be a very strong factor in just being willing to bear with, bear with the difficulties and, and uh, not making more of them or, you know, kind of what the mind will do, rushing into um, trying to find solutions or, you know, thinking about, you know, what can be done when this retreat ends or what they're going to go and sort out that person or situation or going to apply for that job or, or whatever it is, these kind of um, solutions that the mind, you know, with all good intentions, will, will bring up. But in a way, it's just we, uh, this is a time to, to, to sort of disengage from that process and that compulsion and just, uh, and just rest more deeply into just the, the, the felt sense of how, you know, how does this pain feel? How does, how does, this, uh, how does this feeling of um, uncertainty or uh, sadness or um, maybe fear you know, whatever, you know, also joy, discount the possibility of, uh, you know, maybe we're having kind of blissful states, and but even with these, you know, not kind of making more of it, or, you know, kind of making some action plan of how to get more of that in the future, you know, with the painful states, how are we going to, you know, um, avoid, you know, their arising again, and just, really just... In a way, we're here developing our capacity to just be with these feelings and uh, recognizing them as just a, a part of the human experience. That whatever, whatever our life situation, um, you know, the, according to the, the Buddha, we're we're all subject to to uh, kind of these uh, these kind of challenges in life. Whether we're, you know, in a, even in very fortunate situations, uh, people still suffer a lot conversely sometimes people in very unfortunate situations uh, sometimes uh, much more aware of uh, like the more simple causes of happiness and uh, sometimes we you know see especially you know some of the kind of you know kind of the pressure of of fame in in this culture and how some of the tragic deaths of um, you know some f- famous people in in, in the, the last couple of years, and just how much the, this kind of pressure, in a way, to to kind of uh, be the best, and just where that can take us, you know, because uh, sort of the sort of lived internal experience of ourselves can never live up to that kind of spotlight. So, so this. Um, sense of faith in just our capacity to, to be with our feelings you know, and just uh, you know sometimes voices can come up like I just can't bear this or not another minute and just just being willing to just listen to that and just uh, just allow you know to just stay for another minute and just to uh, just to recognize that, that we are bearing it you know in some way and and, uh, and through bearing and staying with it in a conscious way, we'll be able to notice how it changes. You know, just, uh, 
this, uh, so this takes a, a certain willingness on our, on our part. <coughs> and, uh, and the Christian faith, uh, I think one of the kind of highest expressions of faith comes in, I think it's Psalm 23. It's, uh, Yea, though I walk through the valley of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. And uh, in a way, this is kind of pointing to the same thing. Um, in a way, it's in, in the thou art, this sense of uh, this kind of, in a way for us, that would be the deathless, in a way, this kind of sense, because what what is beyond fear in the valley of death? It's, it's that which is beyond conditions. And uh, although you know, we may not have a, a full experience of the deathless, we can, just looking back through our lives, we can recognize uh, that, you know, that the person that we were as, uh, as small children, as kind of teenagers, and through our early part of our lives, and you know, however far back we go, just seeing that, that the person that we were keeps you know, that keeps changing. We're not, we're not the same. We're not the same baby. We're not the same small child. There is this kind of continual process of birth and death happening even throughout uh, just this one life. So, and, and in a sense that there's a, we're kind of in practice looking to well, what, what is outside of those conditions? You know, what, what's the place? Of this kind of abiding knowing of all of that, and it's uh, the place in us which never ages and uh, was never born and will never die, and it's beyond conditions. And this can, this cannot be known through the uh, thinking mind. The thinking mind is a conditioned form in itself that arises in in response to experience. And uh, only when we kind of draw back from this, uh, draw back from this, uh, this mind can we drop into a, a the deeper, kind of more felt sense of our lived experience. And in a way this is going, kind of transcending the personal, and uh, it kind of has a more, it's like this kind of quality of awareness, although we can experience it through this these forms, in, in a way it's a kind of impersonal, transcendent quality. And in a way, that's kind of, in a way, why we can sort of talk about it, and there's a kind of mutual recognition, because we all experience that, and uh, and then arising in that, we all have all of our personal karmic packages, uh, kind of coming up, and uh, the kind of way of the world is to just stay all the time within the karmic package and. Uh, and keep trying to uh, kind of work that out and uh, 
find resolution within that, but in a way in this practice we're kind of stepping outside of that and recognizing that within which all of, all of that is, is, uh, is arising and passing away. This takes a, it's faith, and it also takes a courage, in a way, because it's stepping outside of, of the known. And uh, we have this expression of stepping outside of our comfort zone. And uh, I think, you know, in the Buddha's teaching on the Four Noble Truths, it's uh, the truth of suffering. It's actually being willing to really face, uh, you know, very directly the. the the, you know the way I would sense it is that the, what we kind of call our comfort zone can often, um, you know, become very uncomfortable, and uh, yet you know with this um, staying with the familiar, with the sense of uh, safety, with you know what A leads to B leads to C, and uh, even though this may well no longer be serving us, so. It has to. We have to, in a way, be really brought to our knees, and it kind of comes to this place of actually, really, directly seeing the suffering of just following these endless patterns, and it's through, really, kind of really deeply, um, recognizing this first noble truth of suffering that we're, we're willing to, open to the, the possibility that there's, a, there's. A, something outside of that even we don't yet know what it is or how to get there we, we're, we're willing to willing to, to try something else in a way and uh, Since faith is a the best kind of antidote also to doubt, because uh, it's the doubt that will come in and will always kind of undermine our practice and our wholesome intentions. And uh, you know, maybe even we have a lot of faith in the in the teachings and the practice. This kind of sense of self-doubt, this kind of feeling that. That I just can't do this, that I, I don't have the, the the strength or the capacity or the you know the you know enough kind of good karma. There can be this sense that I've this kind of sense of um, I am bad. That can be a, a very um, a very solid wall for many of us, and uh, sometimes in a Situation of deeper practice, we can sort of have this feeling of like hitting the wall in a way, and just uh, feeling that we're kind of never going to get through it or get over it. And 
in a sense, on the level of the personal self, we're not. So the the importance of this kind of willingness to, little by little, to surrender, surrender to the process and surrender this sort of the 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 conceit, the the self conceit, and it says somewhere in in the in the suttas, you know, thinking I am better than, worse than, or equal to. These are all, you know, forms of conceit, self-conceit and obstructions, in a way. And and very much socially conditioned. Uh, Also this sense of, you know, I come from England, where the social conditioning is rather to always think one is a little lesser than, or certainly to present that as a public kind of persona and... uh, you know, and sometimes like, in other cultures there can be more a sense of you know wanting to be the best or having to at least look like the best, uh, even if one feels like the worst. And this can get quite complicated for us. And what we feel you know, we have to present as, as a social persona and what we actually feel you know, in, inside. And um, this can create quite a lot of internal tension and conflict. And uh, as long as we're sort of caught up in this package it's uh, you know it's inevitably going to be a source of distress even we may you know manage to divert our attention and we see this increasing um, multiplicity of possibilities for not being with oneself uh, that are now on offer and uh, one has to kind of wonder why you know why that why that is why that's become so so strong and such a, a unquestioned kind of normality and uh, when did we kind of get so afraid of just being with ourselves and uh, so so sometimes can sort of hit some of that conditioning and a sense of when we're in, in a similar situation of sort of noble silence and uh, you know, really kind of meeting ourselves more closely and uh, and it can take a I think this is why the first few days of retreat often particularly difficult for people because initially we're, we're kind of meeting all the stuff that's not usually allowed to be seen and uh, the, the bits that we kind of shadow if you like of our personal selves and uh, Pieces that we generally prefer to uh, either avoid or pretend are, you know, not there or lacking in kind of substance, and in a way they are lacking in substance. Um, but they just, when they've been repressed, they can come up very forcefully as a, and in a way that's all we see in that moment. And uh, with this faith in the practice to just to stay with that and just to bear with the darkness and uh, and walk through the valley of death, if you like. Um, through doing so, you know, we we gradually kind of, these things start to come into more balance, into equilibrium. And uh, it's just uh, what can sometimes, you know, notice after a few days, it just uh, other features starting to come into focus of, uh, Maybe in the way that we uh, just, uh, you know, recognize the goodness of our role as participant in in this retreat, that we're all creating this field together. And uh, 
whether we feel that we're personally benefiting or not, just uh, recognizing this intention to uh, make this offering. And uh, for myself, I, I find it most helpful to think about pra- practice and what I define as my practice as as a kind of offering that um, I'm making. It's uh, this way of um, being in the world that's, you know, at, even at the most minimal, is kind of a harmlessness, offering the gift of harmlessness. And uh, it's also said by keeping precepts, we're offering the gift of fearlessness, a sense of providing a, a place of safety you know, in a world which is uh, very troubled. Faith is kind of what just gives us this uh, willingness to just be patient with the with the process, you know, to uh, just trust that you know we just keep uh, putting these little drops of effort into our practice, and that and that gradually, you know, it's like a you know, so a big tree starts from a small seed. In a way, faith is like the kind of the seeds of our spiritual. Life and our spiritual practice, and uh, so we kind of plant through planting this seed of faith, and then with our with our practice, with this time spent uh, meditation and cultivating mindfulness throughout the day, we're watering these seeds and uh, kind of tending tending to this uh, to our to our garden of awakening. So it's not that we're kind of making the tree grow or making the flowers grow, but we're just uh, kind of creating, uh, just creating the, 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 the right conditions for things to to naturally come into come into being. And uh, it's very important this attitude of uh, you know just. Recognizing that we don't make things happen, we we, uh, we just keep creating the wholesome conditions for good qualities to arise. And uh, the, again, the sort of sense of trust that these good qualities are, are are there, that within our hearts there is this potential for kindness and compassion, and uh, with the with the right care and attending in the right way, we we can bring these qualities forth, and, uh, both to ourselves and to and to others, and to how precious that is. And, uh, Also, just recognizing the kind of social dimension of, of faith, because in some ways this uh, 
practice is kind of going against the grain and going against the way of the world. And uh, you know, some some of us are <coughs> families may recognise the. the that this does us some good and, and support us being here. And, you know, for others, maybe their families may be kind of scratching their heads or others, you know, maybe strong opposition. You know, there can be this whole spectrum in a way and, uh, you know, but people not understanding why we wouldn't want to be kind of going to a sort of disco tonight or something. Um, <laughs> as I once would have done. <laughs> Or, yeah, just um, kind of indulging the senses in uh, the kind of maximum way because it's the end of the year and this is the kind of accepted norm really in the kind of so-called world out there. And uh, we've chosen something quite distinct from that. And so this can... um, you know, be a challenge to the status quo. It is a, is a challenge to the status quo, and uh, that can bring up fear for people and judgment and uh, different ways of, of negating the value of this. And uh, so, it's you know very important that we kind of nourish this faith in our in our hearts and in our own practice that that this has value and that this will be for my welfare. And this, this is also by cultivating our, ourselves in this way it's also for the wealth for my welfare for the welfare of others and uh, and lead, leading to peace and we don't have to then kind of convince anybody else because we know we know ourselves you know and over time maybe that you know they'll if there's a sort of openness, maybe they'll, they will, they'll also recognize that change and become more interested or, you know, or not. It doesn't really matter. The point is that we, we have this sense of the value of this work and are willing to, to commit to this. In a way, even uh, any explanation we can give would already be a limitation. Uh, so we can point to the truth with, with words, but we can't really encapsulate it. In a way, it can only be kind of directly known and, and experienced. In, I mean, in a way, uh, like sometimes the example is used of like trying to describe the taste of a, of a mango. It's like you, you know, you can't. You can sort of say sweet, uh, juicy, uh, but you can't really uh, give somebody else that experience for themselves. So, you know, we can also only know the, the depth of this practice by tasting it for ourselves.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.